This is section 18 of the $30,000 Bequest and Other Stories by Mark Twain. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Curious Book, Part 2, by Mark Twain. A. Facia, listen to me one moment. I hope you will not kill me. F. Kill you? Aye, that I will. Attest it. Ye fair host of light, record it, ye dark imps of hell. A. Oh, I fear you. You are fatal when darkness covers your brow. Yet I know not why I should fear, since I never wronged you in all my life. I stand, sir, guiltless before you. F. You pretend to say you are guiltless. Think of thy sins, Amelia. Think, oh, think, hidden woman. A. Wherein have I not been true to you, that death is unkind, cruel, and unnatural, that kills for loving? F. Peace, and be still while I unfold to thee. A. I will, Farcillo, and while I am thus silent, tell me the cause of such cruel coldness in an hour like this. F. That ring! Oh, that ring I so loved, and gave thee as the ring of my heart, the allegiance you took to be faithful when it was presented, the kisses and smiles with which you honored it. You became tired of the donor, despised it as a plague, and finally gave it to Malos, the hidden, the vile traitor. A. No, upon my word and honor, I never did. I appealed to the Most High to bear me out in this matter. Send for Malos, and ask him. F. Send for Malos, aye. Malos, you wish to see. I thought so. I knew you could not keep his name concealed. Amelia, sweet Amelia, take heed, take heed of perjury. You are on the stage of death to suffer for your sins. A. What, not to die, I hope, my Farcillo, my ever-beloved. F. Yes, madam, to die a traitor's death. Shortly your spirit shall take its exit. Therefore confess freely thy sins, for to deny tends only to make me groan under the bitter cup thou hast made for me. Thou art to die with the name of traitor on thy brow. A. Then, O Lord, have mercy upon me. Give me courage. Give me grace and fortitude to stand this hour of trial. F. Amen, I say, with all my heart. A. And, O Farcillo, will you have mercy too? I never intentionally offended you in all my life, never loved malice, never gave him cause to think so, as the high court of justice will acquit me before its tribunal. F. O oh, false perjured woman, thou dost chill my blood, and makest me a demon like thyself. I saw the ring. A. He found it, then, or got it clandestinely. Send for him, and let him confess the truth. Let his confession be sifted. F. And you still wish to see him. I tell you, madam, he hath already confessed, and thou knowest the darkness of thy heart. A. What, my deceived Farcillo, that I gave him the ring in which all my affections were concentrated? Oh, surely not. F. Aye, he did. Ask thy conscience, and it will speak with a voice of thunder to thy soul. A. He will not say so, he dare not, he cannot. F. No, he will not say so now, because his mouth, I trust, is hushed in death, and his body stretched to the four winds of heaven to be torn to pieces by carnivorous birds. A. What, is he dead, and 
gone to the world of spirits with that declaration in his mouth oh unhappy man oh insuperable hour f yes and had all his sighs and looks and tears been lives my great revenge could have slain them all without the least condemnation a alas he is ushered into eternity without testing the matter for which i am abused and sentenced and condemned to die f cursed infernal woman weepest thou for him to my face he that hath robbed me of my peace my energy the whole love of my life could i call the fabled hydra i would have him live and perish survive and die until the sun itself would grow dim with age i would make him have the thirst of a tantalus and roll the wheel of an ixion until the stars of heaven should quit their brilliant stations a oh invincible god save me oh unsupportable moment oh heavy hour banish me for sea oh send me where no eye can ever see me where no sound shall ever grate my ear but oh slay me not farcillo vent thy rage and thy spite upon this emaciated frame of mine only spare my life f your petitions avail nothing cruel amelia a oh farcillo perpetrate the dark deed to-morrow let me live till then for my past kindness to you and it may be some kind angel will show to you that i am not only the object of innocence but one who never loved another but your noble self f amelia the decree has gone forth it is to be done and that quickly thou art to die madam a but half an hour allow me to see my father and my only child to tell her the treachery and vanity of this world f there is no alternative there is no pause my daughter shall not see its deceptive mother die your father shall not know that his daughter fell disgraced despised by all but her enchanting malos a oh farcillo put up thy threatening dagger into its scabbard let it rest and be still just while i say one prayer for thee and for my child f it is too late thy doom is fixed thou hast not confessed to heaven or to me my child's protector thou art to die ye powers of earth and heaven protect and defend me in this alone stabs her while imploring for mercy a oh farcillo farcillo a guiltless death i die f die 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 gracia enters running falls on her knees weeping and kisses amelia g oh farcillo farcillo oh farcillo f i am here the genius of the age and the avenger of my wrongs g oh lady speak once more sweet amelia oh speak again gone gone yes forever gone farcillo oh cold-hearted farcillo some evil fiend hath urged you to do this farcillo f say not so again or you shall receive the same fate i did the glorious deed madam beware then how you talk g i fear not your implements of war i will let you know you have not the power to do me harm if you have a heart of triple brass it shall be reached and melted and thy blood shall chill thy veins and grow stiff in thy arteries here is the ring of thy virtuous and innocent murdered amelia i obtained it from malos who yet lives in hopes that he will survive the wound given him and says he got it clandestinely 
declares Amelia to be the princess of truth and virtue, invulnerable to anything like forgetting her first devotion to thee. The world has heard of your conduct and your jealousy, and with one universal voice declares her to be the best of all in piety, that she is the star of this great universe, and a more virtuous woman never lived since the wheels of time began. Oh, had you waited till to-morrow, or until I had returned, some kind window would have been opened to her relief. But, alas, she is gone, yes, forever gone, to try the realities of an unknown world. Farcillo leaning over the body of Amelia. F. Malos, not dead, and here is my ring. Oh, Amelia, falsely, falsely murdered. Oh, bloody deed! Oh, wretch that I am! Oh, angels, forgive me! Oh, God, withhold thy vengeance! Oh, Amelia, if heaven would make a thousand worlds like this, set with diamonds, and all of one perfect chrysolite, I would not have done this for them all. I would not have frowned and cursed as I did. Oh, she was heavenly true, nursed in the very lap of bright angels. Cursed slave that I am! Jealousy! Oh, thou infernal demon! Lost! lost to every sense of honor. Oh, Amelia, heaven-born Amelia, dead, dead! Oh, oh, oh! Then let me die with thee. Farewell, farewell, ye world that deceived me! Stabs himself. Soon after the excitement of this tragical scene was over, and the enlisted feeling for Amelia had grown more buoyant with Alfonso and Ambulinia, he determined to visit his retired home, and make the necessary improvements to enjoy a better day. Consequently, he conveyed the following lines to Ambulinia. Go tell the world that hope is glowing, go bid the rocks their silence break, go tell the stars that love is glowing, then bid the hero his lover take. In the region where scarcely the foot of man hath ever trod, where the woodman hath not found his way, lies a blooming grove, seen only by the sun when he mounts his lofty throne, visited only by the light of the stars, to whom are entrusted the guardianship of earth, before the sun sinks to rest in his rosy bed. High cliffs of rocks surround the romantic place, and in the small cavity of the rocky wall grows the daffodil, clear and pure, and as the wind blows along the enchanting little mountain which surrounds the lonely spot, it nourishes the flowers with the dewdrops of heaven. Here is the seat of Alfonso. Darkness claims but little victory over this dominion, and in vain does she spread out her gloomy wings. Here the waters flow perpetually, and the trees lash their tops together to bid the welcome visitor a happy muse. Alfonso, during his short stay in the country, had fully persuaded himself that it was his duty to bring this solemn matter to an issue, a duty that he individually owed, as a gentleman, to the parents of Ambulinia, a duty in itself involving not only his own happiness and his own standing in society, but one that called aloud the act of the parties to make it perfect and complete how he should communicate his intentions to get a favorable reply, he was at a loss to know. He knew not whether to address Esquire Valier in prose or in poetry, in a jocular or an argumentative manner, or whether he should use moral suasion, legal injunction, 
or seizure and take by reprisal if it was to do the latter he would have no difficulty in deciding in his own mind but his gentlemanly honor was at stake so he concluded to address the following letter to the father and mother of ambulinia as his address in person he knew would only aggravate the old gentleman and perhaps his lady coming georgia january twenty second eighteen forty four mr and mrs valeer again i resume the pleasing task of addressing you and once more beg an immediate answer to my many salutations from every circumstance that has taken place i feel in duty bound to comply with my obligations to forfeit my word would be more than i dare do to break my pledge and my vows that have been witnessed sealed and delivered in the presence of an unseen deity would be disgraceful on my part as well as ruinous to ambulinia i wish no longer to be kept in suspense about this matter i wish to act gentlemanly in every particular it is true the promises i have made are unknown to any but ambulinia and i think it unnecessary to here enumerate them as they who promise the most generally perform the least can you for a moment doubt my sincerity or my character my only wish is sir that you may calmly and dispassionately look at the situation of the case and if your better judgment should dictate otherwise my obligations may induce me to pluck the flower that you so diametrically opposed we have sworn by the saints by the gods of battle and by that faith whereby just men are made perfect to be united i hope my dear sir you will find it convenient as well as agreeable to give me a favorable answer with the signature of mrs valeer as well as yourself with very great esteem your humble servant j i alfonso the moon and stars had grown pale when ambulinia had retired to rest a crowd of unpleasant thoughts passed through her bosom solitude dwelt in her chamber no sound from the neighboring world penetrated its stillness it appeared a temple of silence of repose and of mystery at that moment she heard a still voice calling her father in an instant like the flash of lightning a thought ran through her mind that it must be the bearer of alfonso's communication it is not a dream she said no i cannot read dreams oh i would to heaven i was near that glowing eloquence that poetical language it charms the mind in an inexpressible manner and warms the coldest heart while consoling herself with this strain her father rushed into her room almost frantic with rage exclaiming oh ambulinia ambulinia undutiful ungrateful daughter what does this mean why does this letter bear such heart-rending intelligence will you quit a father's house with this debased wretch without a place to lay his distracted head going up and down the country with every novel object that may chance to wander through this region he is a pretty man to make love known to his superiors and you ambulinia have done but little credit to yourself by honoring his visits oh wretchedness can it be that my hopes of happiness are forever blasted will you not listen to a father's entreaties and pay some regard to a mother's tears i know and i do pray that god will give me fortitude to bear with this sea of troubles and rescue my daughter my ambulinia as a brand from the eternal burning forgive me father oh forgive thy child replied ambulinia my heart is ready to break 
when I see you in this grieved state of agitation. Oh, think not so meanly of me, as that I mourn for my own danger. Father, I am only woman. Mother, I am only the templement of thy youthful years, but will suffer courageously whatever punishment you think proper to inflict upon me, if you will but allow me to comply with my most sacred promises, if you will but give me my personal right and my personal liberty. Oh, father, if your generosity will but give me these, I ask nothing more. When Alfonso offered me his heart, I gave him my hand, never to forsake him, and now may the mighty God banish me before I leave him in adversity. What a heart must I have to rejoice in prosperity with him whose offers I have accepted, and then when poverty comes, haggard as it may be, for me to trifle with the oracles of heaven, and change with every fluctuation that may interrupt our happiness, like the politician who runs the political gauntlet for office one day, and the next, because the horizon is darkened a little, he is seen running for his life, for fear he might perish in its ruins. Where is the philosophy? Where is the consistency? Where is the charity in conduct like this? Be happy then, my beloved father, and forget me. Let the sorrow of parting break down the wall of separation, and make us equal in our feeling. Let me now say how ardently I love you. Let me kiss that age-worn cheek, and should my tears bedew thy face, I will wipe them away. Oh, I never can forget you. No, never, never. Weep not, said the father. Ambulinia, I will forbid Alfonso my house, and desire that you may keep retired a few days. I will let him know that my friendship for my family is not linked together by cankered chains, and if he ever enters upon my premises again, I will send him to his long home. Oh, father, let me entreat you to be calm upon this occasion, and though Alfonso may be the sport of the clouds and winds, yet I feel assured that no fate will send him to the silent tomb until the God of the universe calls him hence with a triumphant voice. Here the father turned away, exclaiming, I will answer his letter in a very few words, and you, madam, will have the goodness to stay at home with your mother, and remember, I am determined to protect you from the consuming fire that looks so fair to your view. Coming January 22, 1844 sir in regard to your request i am as i ever have been utterly opposed to your marrying into my family and if you have any regard for yourself or any gentlemanly feeling i hope you will mention it to me no more but seek some other one who is not so far superior to you in standing w w valier when alfonso read the above letter he became so much depressed in spirits that many of his friends thought it advisable to use other means to bring about the happy union. Strange, said he, that the contents of this diminutive letter should cause me to have such depressed feelings. But there is a nobler theme than this. I know not why my military title is not as great as that of Squire Valier. For my life I cannot see that my ancestors are inferior to those who are so bitterly opposed to my marriage with Ambulinia. I know I have seen huge mountains before me, Yet, when I think that I know gentlemen will insult me upon this delicate matter, should I become angry at fools and babblers, who pride themselves in their impudence and ignorance? 
no my equals i know not where to find them my inferiors i think it beneath me and my superiors i think it presumption therefore if this youthful heart is protected by any of these divine rights i never will betray my trust he was aware that ambulinia had a confidence that was indeed as firm and as resolute as she was beautiful and interesting he hastened to the cottage of louisa who received him in her usual mode of pleasantness and informed him that ambulinia had just that moment left is it possible said alfonso oh murdered hours why did she not remain and be the guardian of my secrets but hasten and tell me how she has stood this trying scene and what are her future determinations you know said louisa major alfonso that you have ambulinia's first love which is of no small consequence she came here about twilight and shed many precious tears in consequence of her own fate with yours we walked silently in yon little valley you see where we spent a momentary repose she seemed to be quite as determined as ever and before we left that beautiful spot she offered up a prayer to heaven for thee i will see her then replied alfonso though legions of enemies may oppose she is mine by foreordination she is mine by prophecy she is mine by her own free will and i will rescue her from the hands of her oppressors will you not miss louisa assist me in my capture i will certainly by the aid of divine providence answered louisa endeavor to break those slavish chains that bind the richest of prizes though allow me major to entreat you to use no harsh means on this important occasion take a decided stand and write freely to ambulinia upon this subject and i will see that no intervening cause hinders its passage to her god alone will save a mourning people now is the day and now is the hour to obey a command of such valuable worth the major felt himself grow stronger after this short interview with louisa he felt as if he could whip his weight in wildcats he knew he was master of his own feelings and could now write a letter that would bring this litigation to an issue coming january twenty fourth eighteen forty four dear ambulinia we have now reached the most trying moment of our lives we are pledged not to forsake our trust we have waited for a favorable hour to come thinking your friends would settle the matter agreeably among themselves and finally be reconciled to our marriage but as i have waited in vain and looked in vain i have determined in my own mind to make a proposition to you though you may think it not in accord with your station or compatible with your rank yet sub hoc signo vinces you know i cannot resume my visits in consequence of the utter hostility that your father has to me therefore the consummation of our union will have to be sought for in a more sublime sphere at the residence of a respectable friend of this village you cannot have any scruples upon this mode of proceeding if you will but remember it emanates from one who loves you better than his own life who is more than anxious to bid you welcome to a new and happy home your warmest associates say come the talented the learned the wise and the experienced say come all these with their friends say come viewing these with many other inducements i flatter myself that you will come to the embraces of your alfonso for now is the time of your acceptance of the day of your liberation you cannot be ignorant ambulinia that thou art the desire of my heart 
its thoughts are too noble and too pure to conceal themselves from you i shall wait for your answer to this impatiently expecting that you will set the time to make your departure and to be in readiness at a moment's warning to share the joys of a more preferable life this will be handed to you by louisa who will take a pleasure in communicating anything to you that may relieve your dejected spirits and will assure you that i now stand ready willing and waiting to make good my vows i am dear ambulinia yours truly and forever j i alfonso louisa made it convenient to visit mr valeer's though they did not suspect her in the least the bearer of love epistles consequently she was invited in the room to console ambulinia where they were left alone ambulinia was seated by a small table her head resting on her hand her brilliant eyes were bathed in tears louisa handed her the letter of alfonso when another spirit animated her features the spirit of renewed confidence that never fails to strengthen the female character in an hour of grief and sorrow like this and as she pronounced the last accent of his name she exclaimed and does he love me yet i never will forget your generosity louisa oh unhappy and yet blessed louisa may you never feel what i have felt may you never know the pangs of love had i never loved i never would have been unhappy but i turn to him who can save and if his wisdom does not will my expected union i know he will give me strength to bear my lot amuse yourself with this little book and take it as an apology for my silence said ambulinia while i attempt to answer this volume of consolation thank you said louisa you are excusable upon this occasion but i pray you ambulinia to be expert upon this momentous subject that there may be nothing mistrustful upon my part i will said ambulinia and immediately resumed her seat and addressed the following to alfonso coming georgia january twenty eighth eighteen forty four devoted alfonso i hail your letter as a welcome messenger of faith and can now say truly and firmly that my feelings correspond with yours nothing shall be wanting on my part to make my obedience your fidelity courage and perseverance will accomplish success receive this as my oath that while i grasp your hand in my own imagination we stand united before a higher tribunal than any on earth all the powers of my life soul and body i devote to thee whatever dangers may threaten me i fear not to encounter them perhaps i have determined upon my own destruction by leaving the house of the best of parents be it so i flee to you i share your destiny faithful to the end the day that i have concluded upon for this task is sabbath next when the family with the citizens are generally at church for heaven's sake let not that day pass unimproved trust not till to-morrow it is the cheat of life the future that never comes the grave of many noble births the cavern of ruined enterprise which like the lightning's flash is born and dies and perishes ere the voice of him who sees can cry behold behold you may trust to what i say no power shall tempt me to betray confidence suffer me to add one word more i will soothe thee in all thy grief beside the gloomy river and though thy love may yet be brief mine 
is fixed forever. Receive the deepest emotions of my heart for thy constant love, and may the power of inspiration be thy guide, thy portion, and thy all. In great haste, yours faithfully, Ambulinia. I now take my leave of you, sweet girl, said Louisa, sincerely wishing you success on Sabbath next. When Ambulinia's letter was handed to Alfonso, he perused it without doubting its contents. Louisa charged him to make but few confidants, but, like most young men who happened to win the heart of a beautiful girl, he was so elated with the idea that he felt as a commanding general on parade, who had confidence in all, consequently gave orders to all. The appointed Sabbath, with a delicious breeze and cloudless sky, made its appearance. The people gathered in crowds to the church, the streets were filled with neighboring citizens, all marching to the house of worship. It is entirely useless for me to attempt to describe the feelings of Alfonso and Ambulinia, who were silently watching the movements of the multitude, apparently counting them as they entered the house of God, looking for the last one to darken the door. The impatience and anxiety with which they waited, and the bliss they anticipated on the eventful day, is altogether indescribable. Those that have been so fortunate as to embark in such a noble enterprise know all its realities and those who have not had this inestimable privilege will have to taste its sweets before they can tell to others its joys, its comforts, and its heaven-born worth. Immediately after Ambulinia had assisted the family off to church, she took advantage of that opportunity to make good her promises. She left a home of enjoyment to be wedded to one whose love had been justifiable. A few short steps brought her to the presence of Louisa, who urged her to make good use of her time, and not to delay a moment, but to go with her to her brother's house, where Alfonso would forever make her happy. With lively speed and yet a graceful air, she entered the door and found herself protected by the champion of her confidence. The necessary arrangements were fast-making to have the two lovers united. Everything was in readiness except the parson, and as they are generally very sanctimonious on such occasions, the news got to the parents of Ambulinia before the everlasting knot was tied, and they both came running, with uplifted hands and injured feelings, to arrest their daughter from an unguarded and hasty resolution. Alfonso desired to maintain his ground, but Ambulinia thought it best for him to leave, to prepare for a greater contest. He accordingly obeyed, as it would have been a vain endeavor for him to have battled against a man who was armed with deadly weapons and besides, he could not resist the request of such a pure heart. Ambulinia concealed herself in the upper story of the house, fearing the rebuke of her father. The door was locked, and no chastisement was now expected. Esquire Valier, whose pride was already touched, resolved to preserve the dignity of his family. He entered the house almost exhausted, looking wildly for Ambulinia. "'Amazed and astonished, indeed, I am,' said he, "'at a people who call themselves civilized, "'to allow such behavior as this. "'Ambulinia! Ambulinia!' he cried. "'Come to the calls of your first, your best, and your only friend. "'I appeal to you, sir,' turning to the gentleman of the house, "'to know where Ambulinia has gone, or where is she?' "'Do you mean to insult me, sir, in my own house?' inquired the gentleman. "'I will burst,' said Mr. V., asunder every door in your dwelling in search of my daughter if you do not speak quickly and tell me where she is 
I care nothing about that outcast rubbish of creation, that mean, low-lived Alfonso, if I can but obtain Ambulinia. Are you not going to open this door? said he. By the Eternal that made heaven and earth, I will go about the work instantly, if this is not done. The confused citizens gathered from all parts of the village to know the cause of this commotion. Some rushed into the house. The door that was locked flew open, and there stood Ambulinia weeping. "'Father, be still,' said she, "'and I will follow thee home.' But the agitated man seized her, and bore her off through the gazing multitude. "'Father,' she exclaimed, "'I humbly beg your pardon. I will be dutiful. I will obey thy commands. Let the sixteen years I have lived in obedience to thee be my future security. I don't like to be always giving credit when the old score is not paid up, madam," said the father. The mother followed almost in a state of derangement, crying and imploring her to think beforehand, and ask advice from experienced persons, and they would tell her it was a rash undertaking. "'Oh,' said she, "'Ambulidia, my daughter, did you know what I have suffered? Did you know how many nights I have whiled away in agony, in pain, and in fear? You would pity the sorrows of a heart-broken mother.' well mother replied ambulinia i know i have been disobedient i am aware that what i have done might have been done much better but oh what shall i do with my honor it is so dear to me i am pledged to alfonso his high moral worth is certainly worth some attention moreover my vows i have no doubt are recorded in the book of life and must i give these all up must my fair hopes be forever blasted Forbid it, father! Oh, forbid it, mother! Forbid it, heaven! I have seen so many beautiful skies overclouded, replied the mother, so many blossoms nipped by the frost, that I am afraid to trust you to the care of those fair days, which may be interrupted by thundering and tempestuous nights. You no doubt think, as I did, life's devious ways were strewn with sweet-scented flowers, but— ah how long they have lingered around me and took their flight in the vivid hope that laughs at the drooping victims it has murdered elfonzo was moved at this sight the people followed on to see what was going to become of ambulinia while he with downcast looks kept at a distance until he saw them enter the abode of the father thrusting her that was the sigh of his soul out of his presence into a solitary apartment when she exclaimed Alfonso, Alfonso, oh, Alfonso, where art thou with all thy heroes? Haste, oh, haste, come thou to my relief. Ride on the wings of the wind, turn thy force loose like a tempest, and roll on thy army like a whirlwind over this mountain of trouble and confusion. Oh, friends, if any pity me, let your last efforts throng upon the green hills, and come to the relief of Umbelinia who is guilty of nothing but innocent love. Alfonso called out with a loud voice, My God, can I stand this? Arise up, I beseech you, and put an end to this tyranny. Come, my brave boys, said he. Are you ready to go forth to your duty? They stood around him. Who, said he, will call us to arms? Where are my thunderbolts of war? Speak ye, the first who will meet the foe who will go forward with me in this ocean of grievous temptation if there is one who desires to go let him come and shake hands upon the altar of devotion and swear that he will be a hero yes 
a hector in a cause like this which calls aloud for a speedy remedy mine be the deed said a young lawyer and mine alone venus alone shall quit her station before i will forsake one jot or title of my promise to you what is death to me what is all this warlike army if it is not to win a victory i love the sleep of the lover and the mighty nor would i give it over till the blood of my enemies should reek with that of my own but god forbid that our fame should soar on the blood of the slumberer mr valeer stands at his door with the frown of a demon upon his brow with his dangerous weapon ready to strike the first man who should enter his door who will arise and go forward through blood and carnage to rescue my ambulinia said elfonzo all exclaimed the multitude and onward they went with their implements of battle others of a more timid nature stood among the distant hills to see the result of the contest elfonzo took the lead of his band night arose in clouds darkness concealed the heavens but the blazing hopes that stimulated them gleamed in every bosom all approached the anxious spot they rushed to the front of the house and with one exclamation demanded ambulinia away be gone and disturb my peace no more said mr valeer you are a set of base insolent and infernal rascals go the, the northern stars points your path through the dim twilight of the night go and vent your spite upon the lonely hills pour forth your love you poor weak-minded wretch upon your idleness and upon your guitar and your fiddle they are fit subjects for your admiration for let me assure you though this sword and iron lever are cankered yet they frown in sleep and let one of you dare to enter my house this night and you shall have the contents and the weight of these instruments never yet did base dishonor blur my name said elfonzo mine is a cause of renown here are my warriors fear and tremble for this night though hell itself should oppose i will endeavor to avenge her whom thou hast banished in solitude the voice of ambulinia shall be heard from that dark dungeon at that moment ambulinia appeared at the window above and with a tremulous voice said live elfonzo oh live to raise my stone of moss why should such language enter your heart why should thy voice rend the air with such agitation i bid thee live once more remembering these tears of mine are shed alone for thee in this dark and gloomy vault and should i perish under this load of trouble join the song of thrilling accents with the raven above my grave and lay this tattered frame beside the banks of the chattahoochee or the stream of sawney's brook sweet will be the song of death to your ambulinia my ghost shall visit you in the smiles of paradise and tell your high fame to the minds of that region which is far more preferable than this lonely cell my heart shall speak for thee till the latest hour i know faint and broken are the sounds of sorrow yet our souls elfonzo shall hear the peaceful songs together one bright name shall be ours on high if we are not permitted to be united here bear in mind that i still cherish my old sentiments and the poet will mingle the names of elfonzo and ambulinia in the tide of other days fly elfonzo said the voices of his united band to the wounded heart of your beloved 
all enemies shall fall beneath thy sword fly through the clefts and the dim spark shall sleep in death elfonzo rushes forward and strikes his shield against the door which was barricaded to prevent any intercourse his brave sons throng around him the people pour along the streets both male and female to prevent or witness the melancholy scene to arms to arms cried elfonzo here is a victory to be won a prize to be gained that is more to me than the whole world beside it cannot be done to-night said mr valeer i bear the clang of death my strength and armor shall prevail my ambulinia shall rest in this hall until the break of another day and if we fall we fall together if we die we die clinging to our tattered rights and our blood alone shall tell the mournful tale of a murdered daughter and a ruined father sure enough he kept watch all night and was successful in defending his house and family the bright morning gleamed upon the hills night vanished away the major and his associates felt somewhat ashamed that they had not been as fortunate as they expected to have been however they still leaned upon their arms in dispersed groups some were walking the streets others were talking in the major's behalf many of the citizens suspended business as the town presented nothing but consternation a novelty that might end in the destruction of some worthy and respectable citizens mr valeer ventured in the streets though not without being well armed some of his friends congratulated him on the decided stand he had taken and hoped he would settle the matter amicably with alfonso without any serious injury me he replied what me condescend to fellowship with a coward and a low-lived lazy undermining villain no gentlemen this cannot be i had rather be borne off like the bubble upon the dark blue ocean with ambulinia by my side than to have him in the ascending or descending line of relationship gentlemen continued he if elfonzo is so much of a distinguished character and is so learned in the fine arts why do you not patronize such men why not introduce him into your families as a gentleman of taste and of unequalled magnanimity why are you so very anxious that he should become a relative of mine oh gentlemen i fear you yet are tainted with the curiosity of our first parents who were beguiled by the poisonous kiss of an old ugly serpent and who for one apple damned all mankind i wish to divest myself as far as possible of that untutored custom i have long since learned that the perfection of wisdom and the end of true philosophy is to proportion our wants to our possessions our ambition to our capacities we will then be a happy and a virtuous people ambulinia was sent off to prepare for a long and tedious journey her new acquaintances had been instructed by her father how to treat her and in what manner and to keep the anticipated visit entirely secret elfonzo was watching the movements of everybody some friends had told him of the plot that was laid to carry off ambulinia at night he rallied some two or three of his forces and went silently along to the stately mansion a faint and glimmering light showed through the windows lightly he steps to the door there were many voices rallying fresh in fancy's eye 
he tapped the shutter it was opened instantly and he beheld once more seated beside several ladies the hope of all his toils he rushed toward her she rose from her seat rejoicing he made one mighty grasp when ambulinia exclaimed huzzah for major alfonso i will defend myself and you too with this conquering instrument i hold in my hand huzzah i say i now invoke time's broad wing to shed around us some dewdrops of verdant spring but the hour had not come for this joyous reunion her friends struggled with alfonso for some time and finally succeeded in arresting her from his hands he dared not injure them because they were matrons whose courage needed no spur she was snatched from the arms of alfonso with so much eagerness and yet with such expressive signification that he calmly withdrew from this lovely enterprise with an ardent hope that he should be lulled to repose by the zephyrs which whispered peace to his soul several long days and nights passed unmolested all seemed to have grounded their arms of rebellion and no calamity appeared to be going on with any of the parties other arrangements were made by ambulinia she feigned herself to be entirely the votary of a mother's care and she by her graceful smiles that manhood might claim his term dominion in some other region where such boisterous love was not so prevalent this gave the parents a confidence that yielded some hours of sober joy they believed that ambulinia would now cease to love elfonzo and that her stolen affections would now expire with her misguided opinions they therefore declined the idea of sending her to a distant land but oh they dreamed not of the rapture that dazzled the fancy of ambulinia who would say when alone youth should not fly away on his rosy pinions and leave her to grapple in the conflict with unknown admirers no frowning age shall control the constant current of my soul nor a tear from pity's eye shall check my sympathetic sigh with this resolution fixed in her mind one dark and dreary night when the winds whistled and the tempest roared she received intelligence that alfonso was then waiting and every preparation was then ready at the residence of dr tully and for her to make a quick escape while the family was reposing accordingly she gathered her books went to the wardrobe supplied with a variety of ornamental dressing and ventured alone in the streets to make her way to alfonso who was near at hand impatiently looking and watching her arrival what forms said she are those rising before me what is that dark spot on the clouds i do wonder what frightful ghost that is gleaming on the red tempest oh be merciful and tell me what region you are from oh tell me ye strong spirits or ye dark and fleeting clouds that i yet have a friend a friend said a low whispering voice i am thy unchanging thy aged and thy disappointed mother why brandish in that hand of thine a javelin of pointed steel why suffer that lip i have kissed a thousand times to equivocate my daughter let these tears sink deep into thy soul and no longer persist in that which may be your destruction and ruin come my dear child retract your steps and bear me company to your welcome home without one retorting word or frown from her brow 
she yielded to the entreaties of her mother and with all the mildness of her former character she went along with the silver lamp of age to the home of candor and benevolence her father received her cold and formal politeness where has ambulinia been this blustering evening mrs valeer inquired he oh she and i have been taking a solitary walk said the mother all things i presume are now working for the best elfonzo heard this news shortly after it happened what said he has heaven and earth turned against me i have been disappointed times without number shall i despair must i give it over heaven's decrees will not fade i will write again i will try again and if it traverses a gory field i pray forgiveness at the altar of justice desolate hill coming georgia eighteen forty four unconquered and beloved ambulinia i have only time to say to you not to despair thy fame shall not perish my visions are brightening before me the whirlwind's rage is past and we now shall subdue our enemies without doubt on monday morning when your friends are at breakfast they will not suspect your departure or even mistrust me being in town as it has been reported advantageously that i have left for the west you walk carelessly toward the academy grove where you will find me with a lightning steed elegantly equipped to bear you off where we shall be joined in wedlock with the first connubial rites fail not to do this think not of the tedious relations of our wrongs be invincible you alone occupy all my ambition and i alone will make you my happy spouse with the same unimpeached veracity i remain forever your devoted friend and admirer j l alfonso the appointed day ushered in undisturbed by any clouds nothing disturbed ambulinia's soft beauty with serenity and loveliness she obeys the request of alfonso the moment the family seated themselves at the table excuse my absence for a short time said she while i attend to the placing of those flowers which should have been done a week ago and away she ran to the sacred grove surrounded with glittering pearls that indicated her coming alfonso hails her with his silver bow and his golden harp they meet ambulinia's countenance brightens alfonso leads up his winged steed mount said he ye true-hearted ye fearless soul the day is ours she sprang upon the back of the young thunderbolt a brilliant star sparkled upon her head with one hand she grasps the reins and with the other she holds an olive branch lend thy aid ye strong winds they exclaimed ye moon ye sun and all ye fair host of heaven witness the enemy conquered hold said alfonso thy dashing steed ride on said ambulinia the voice of thunder is behind us and onward they went with such rapidity that they were very soon arrived at rural retreat where they dismounted and were united with all the solemnities that usually attend such divine operations they passed the day in thanksgiving and great rejoicing and on that evening they visited their uncle where many of their friends and acquaintances had gathered to congratulate them in the field of untainted bliss the kind old gentleman met them in the yard well said he i wish i may die alfonso if you and ambulinia 
haven't tied a knot with your tongue that you can't untie with your teeth but come in come in never mind all is right the world still moves on and no one has fallen in this great battle happy now is their lot unmoved by misfortune they live among the fair beauties of the south heaven spreads their peace and fame upon the arch of the rainbow and smiles propitiously at their triumph through the tears of the storm end of section eighteen